How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Neurologists, gastroenterologists, endocrinologists, podiatrists, optometrists, and barbers. Welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Um, you are hilarious. Uh, do you think we could include anybody else? Other than the, the ists? Anyone and anyone. We're not yeah, about we the isms. We are all about this. This and that's is what it is. So really, it's uh, it's welcome to everyone to the Dr. Joe show. We're delighted that you are listening tonight. It's going to be fantastic. But, whoa, it has been a rough few weeks here in the United States. What is going on, Tom? What is, what's happening? I mean, it's frustrating. It's uh, thinking back, like the worst thing about my days was finding uh, recruitment stickers for Patriot Front. That's a fascist street gang here in our own town of Marshfields. I'm thinking, like, wow. what direction are we going in? Like, and then a week later, a white supremacist walks into a supermarket in Buffalo, makes a long trip to get there, takes 10 lives. Not a week later, we have another shooting in Uvalde, Texas. 19 children, three adults. <laughs> Four, if you count a heart attack. Yeah. Now, it, it just gives me goosebumps. And, and in the middle of uh, the war in Ukraine, our guests from last week, you know, talking about the, the heartache that they're going through, the, the tragedy. And yet, and this is the toughest part about the I am. You know, it's so, it's so easy to go limbic on this, to judge it, to get angry about it, to get anxious about it. But we have to be able to step back and go, why? What has happened in this person's four domains that this is the best they could do? I don't have to like it, and I don't. I don't have to condone it, and I don't. People are held responsible, but I have to understand this. How are we going to change anything if we do not understand why people do what they do? We have to. But man, is it a challenge. We have a powerful person tonight who has a voice for all of us. Tom, could you introduce our guest? Absolutely, Dr. Joe. Originally from the south side of Chicago, he is an Italian-American singer-songwriter, author, and founder of San Rocco Therapeutics. He has released five music albums and is the author of Diamond in the Rough. He has led his company, San Rocco Therapeutics, since 1993 with the mission to cure sickle cell disease, thalassemia. Welcome to the Dr. Joe Show, Patrick Girondi. Thank you. Thank you very much. It, it is wonderful to have you here. So I know that you've heard us chatting about this, but has this world affected you at this point? Well, I think, of course, it affects me. And um, I live in Europe or live in Italy uh, off and on at least for 30 years. Um, it's easy from time to time, I think, especially in the United States, for us to just take for granted that the rest of the world is exactly like we are. And uh, I really don't necessarily think that that's the case. Um, I look at a lot of the uh, special interest groups, the lobbyists, and, you know, when you talk about 
this, uh, these mass murders, et cetera, which happen all over the world, by the way, unfortunately happen a lot more in the United States. I think you've got to look at who's doing that. And, you know, it's like 70% of these people are 21 or younger. Mm. And so we ask ourselves, well, what's changed in the last 40 years between the 21 year old in 1970 and a 21 year old in 2020. And unfortunately, I think a lot of it is drugs. And mm -hmm. I'm not talking about illegal drugs. I'm talking about legal drugs. So, you know, Paxil, for example, is a great example. Oxycontin is another one. And unfortunately, the drug companies are so powerful and so wealthy that they basically are turning our children legally and illegally uh, into dysfunctional people. A huge difference between Paxil and, and Oxy, though. Well, I don't know if there really is, because really? you, know, <clears throat> you know GSK uh, Paxil came from GSK. You know they got fined three billion dollars because the government uh, figured out that they had lied to people that Paxil created suicidal tendencies in adolescents. You know we lost sixty thousand children at least to Paxil, and mm. it's still being prescribed, by the way. And it kind of goes before the show, you were telling me about this I am thing. And I think yeah. that's great because I think that that's, you're hitting the key. You're hitting everything. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, and I appreciate your endorsement. I hope it's an endorsement of the I am approach, but it, it really is true. We, we are always doing the best we can, but we have the ability to change as well. So let's hear about the book, Patrick. Sounds great. Okay. So... Uh, the book started years and years ago. I'm a kid from the south side of Chicago. I started out shoe shining on 51st Street, which with my Polish buddy, Davey Polenik, um, you know, and, and then after that, I bust tables at 12 years old at Club El Bianco. And uh, at 15, I uh, washed dishes at Northwestern Hospital. In the meantime, I moonlighted a little bit, um, stealing car parts and, you know, dishing out parley cards and stuff. Um, I have 13 brothers and sisters, half step, you name it, an American selection. Um, and at 16, I was lucky enough, I went in front of Judge uh, Clarence Bryant. He's a dark skinned guy. Uh, he's dead now. He died in April 8th. And every April 8th, I kind of celebrate it's kind of like a saint's day for me, you know. And I went before him 10 times or I don't know how many times. And he was in the courthouse on 61st and Racine. And uh, I went and he said, uh, young man, you came in front of me one too many times. Uh, when does this young man do back here? November 4th, Your Honor. Young man, on November 4th, I want you to come in here with enlistment papers. So I was only 16, and the only, December, the only service that would take me was the Air Force because they had something called the late enlistment program. So if your parents or your mother, that, for me it was my mother, would sign, they would take you in when you turned 17. And so I enlisted, I, you know, I mean, it really helped me out a lot. Um, and I was in the military for 19 months. In the meantime, my mother had written the Red Cross asking me to be sent back home so I could work and help, help out at home, etc. And eventually that's what happened. I got back, I was 19, 20. I worked on the docks, drove a truck a little bit, Great Lakes Supply. And one of my good buddies growing up, Bobby Houlihan, he needed a favor and I took a job as a runner at the Chicago Board Options Exchange. Um, one thing, actually two, two cracks. I, one, of my, one of my bosses 
give me a crack or slap because I signed my own check. So I cracked him and I got fired and then I got hired up and I got hired by a guy from uh, Taiwan who didn't like everybody making fun of him when he went to the pits to buy and sell options and stocks. So I was kind of famous because I cracked this guy on the floor. And so I started walking in behind him and all of a sudden nobody bothered him. And then I had another altercation but my Taiwanese sponsor didn't think that he should be responsible for paying my fines for socking people when he's right. And uh, I ended up losing that job. And by the luck of Christ, Allah, Buddha, call it whatever you like, I'm a Catholic. And, uh, you know, I'm taught that we're all brothers and I certainly believe that. Um, so it makes everybody my brother. Uh, I go up to two guys, two Jews, Larry Bloom, Corky Eisen, God bless him. And I was brought there by Billy Powers. And they said, kid, we heard a lot of good things about you. You want to trade for yourself? So, all right. I mean, okay. I mean, that would be great. And about a month and a half later, I got called back in the office. They said, kid, I, I, you know, I went on vacation. I forgot to give you any money. And I said, that's all right, Larry. I got money in my account. Well, how'd you do it? Did you dig it up? I said, no, Larry, I, I didn't. Well, what about the fine? Paid. What about your seat leases? Paid. And how much money is in your account? About 8000 Oh my God, kid, that's great. And that's how it started. My account started zero, 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 zero. So I knew my first day on the floor, I had to make $100, $200. And the next day it was zero, $200, then 500. So um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a very proud Catholic. And, um, and, and Jesus, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of follow the parables, et cetera. My favorite, my favorite one, or one of my favorite ones or two weeks ago when, when it's, uh, Jesus said, uh, when he was asked, what's the most important rule to follow? And he said, love others as I have loved you so that they'll know that you're my follower. And you know what? That's what I try to do. And today we have, you know, a lot of sickle cell disease patients and thalassemia patients all over the world. Many of them are Muslim. Some of them are Jewish. Some of them are Hindu, whatever. And you know what? Um, because I follow my Catholicism, they're all my brothers and sisters. So I don't want to keep going on but uh no, no, it, it's wonderful so so how did you how did you want it with an interest in sickle cell and, and thalassemia well so i mean after i gained notoriety in the united states you know i was on the oprah winfrey show twice as a guest and uh playgirl magazine with magic johnson sylvester stallone actually i'm i i know larry magic's brother real well we've done a couple of things in charities um and I really got lucky. I lived the American dream. Um, and then- uh, wait, wait, wait. Let, me, let me stop here for a minute, one sec. I have a phrase. I've worked hard to be this lucky. Patrick, I think you've done the same. You worked hard to be this lucky. Oh, you know- Go ahead. Not, You know what, Dr. Joe, we probably won't, we won't find common ground on this. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I, 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 you know what, I was lucky. If I hadn't been okay. born in the United States, if I hadn't been born in Chicago where they had these stock exchanges, I mean, it's like Oprah Winfrey. I'm sure she's a wonderful lady, but she, had she been born in Bulgaria, she wouldn't be a media mogul. You know no, what I'm saying? I mean, I, is, I, you're saying, no, there is some, there is truth to that. The there, there is, but you also, you also are part of those four domains, the home, the social, the biological, I see. And you respond to them. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. The well, other thing is, you know that phrase, right? Trust in Allah, but tie up your camel. So you're doing that too. All right. I like so it. Go ahead. I like Didn't mean to cut you out. So go ahead. Thalassemia sickle cell. 
No, okay. So anyway, I got married and uh, my oldest son in 1992 was diagnosed with thalassemia. Mm -hmm. uh, thalassemia is also called Cooley's anemia and Mediterranean anemia. It's a rare disease, means that there's less than 200,000 uh, cases in the United States. It's really rare because there's only about 2,500. Um, and it's a cousin disease, the sickle cell. Uh, and what I mean by that is that both thalassemia and sickle cell disease are defects on the beta globin gene. So when we're born, we have the gamma globin gene, which is fetal hemoglobin. When we get to be a year and a half old, it kind of turns off and turns into the beta globin gene or the adult hemoglobin. The problem is that the sickle cell disease patients and my son, like I said, they have cousin diseases, the beta globin gene is defective. So um, I did not want to transfuse my son because the only cure for that, there's really no cure. The treatment for that is, is doing blood transfusions. In the early nineties, we still hadn't discovered the antibody for AIDS and hepatitis C. So there was no way I wanted to transfuse my son. I mean, no way. So I looked under every rock and I found a wonderful professor, Susan Perrine, who today is at the University of Boston, but back then she was at Children's Hospital of Oakland Research Institute. And she had something called arginine butyrate, which was a um, chemical compound basically diluted into water um, that if it was infused, it stimulated the fetal hemoglobin again to produce. And my son was on it for about uh, six years. Um, but the problem is it was experimental. So 30 days cost me about 70,000 or 30 or 40 days, 70,000. And worse than that, um, he had to be hospitalized because it was IV. And the FDA said, nope, you're doing an IV experimental drug, rightly so, you have to be in a hospital. So we, my grandparents are from a small town in Puglia called Modugno. So I ended up buying a home and moving to 20 miles away from my grandparents' town and opening up a medical center in Altamura. Uh, my son did this experimental treatment until they found the antibodies for AIDS and hepatitis C, thank God. And finally, my son began transfusing in maybe 98, 99. Um, in 2000, I read in Nature Magazine that a French researcher working at Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York had cured six generation of thalassemic mice. So thalassemic mice or sickle cell disease mice. In the end, it's roughly the same thing for what we're talking about. I met this doctor in Rome. His name is Michel Settelin. By that time, I had met dozens and dozens of researchers. Now, I'm a street guy. I never graduated from high school. And that's a good thing and it's a bad thing. But the good thing is, is that when you're sitting down with a researcher or even a guy in a tie that went to Harvard, you know, I'm not smart enough to be intimidated by him. You know, I mean, I kind of look him in the eye and, you know, I just, you know, call it how it is, et cetera. And I kind of have a knack for that. This researcher was not a liar. This researcher was an honest man. And I believed him in instantly and began to sponsor him. In 2005, we signed a license and took over this product. And I knew that it would cure my son. In 2010, we improved the product to the point where we made the world's first batch of gene therapy for sickle cell disease and thalassemia, commercial batch, because up until then, they were making gene therapy one person at a time, a million dollars a crack, okay? We had gotten it down. My last batch was, it cost me 1.3 million for 10 people. So 130,000 
a people, a person. Then it got sabotaged by a company called Luber Bio, which actually was trading at $230, a $12 billion market cap in 2018, that today is $3 roughly. Um, but I got sabotaged by uh, Bluebird Bio and Third Rock Ventures, uh, bankers from uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I didn't know any of this. I knew who they were. They tried to buy my product. And I told them, you bought a bad product. It's similar to mine, but it's bad. So I'll sell you my product or we can make a deal if you promise to use my product. I mean, because me, it was all about my kids. And when I raised money from the bean, mostly from the soybean pit in Chicago, where I traded, I mean, hmm. in 2005, I didn't even have a checking account. And guys were coming up to me, check for 75,000, 50,000, 100,000. This is for your kid. Pat, I heard you're starting a company. I want to be part of it. And we have the same, by the way, we have 65 investors and most of them are, are with us today, actually. And so I took over this product. It was great. There was another company competing with us. They had a horrible product um, and they wanted to buy mine. I said, look, I'll sell it to you or we'll make a deal, but you got to use my product. And when I said that, because it would take more time to get my product through than theirs, they believed, and we found this out later in court, um, they went behind my back and they sabotaged it. And I had no idea what was going on, but I saw that I turned my product over to Memorial Sloan Kettering in 2011, that's where the researcher was. And they really didn't get go forward quickly as I wanted. And in 2015, I went to court and I said, I want the product back because Bluebird Bio is catching up and we need to save these patients and they got a bad product. And the judge says, well, I can't make them give it back to you because you didn't put it in the contract. So mm -hmm. we started a case against Bluebird Bio and, and we went to court. And on December 28th of 2017, I was finally able to read the amended complaint. Our judge's name was Judge Ostrager, and boy, was this guy colorful. I mean, he was great. A New York Supreme Court judge, he was great. And um, there was something called the attorney's eyes only documents that I could never see. So I really never knew what had happened and my attorneys couldn't tell me. I mean, this is how corrupt the, the uh, court system has become in certain ways. And finally, on December 28th, 2017, Judge Ostrager said, no, 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 no. We're not going forward anymore. The plaintiff can see everything. He's got to see everything. And uh, I was in Italy laying in my bed and trying to read on my telephone, you know, because it was like 51 degrees in my house because I didn't want to turn the heat on because I was in the middle of a lawsuit and I didn't have any liquidity. And if it wasn't for Joey Feldman borrowing me money, we would have lost the court case. But anyway, I'm looking and I'm reading, and I'm reading and tears just came to my eyes because you know what? I think the worst part is, of life for me anyway, is being disappointed. Mm. You know, so, you know, I kind of had a idea that I might've been screwed by these people, but you never really want to believe it. And then when all of a sudden you realize it, you kind of get really disappointed. Your feelings are hurt. And that's what happened. And we went on with the case. We settled in November of 2020. I can't tell you the settlement, exactly what it was, because it's confidential. I can't tell you my attorney's got 11 million, if that gives you any idea. Um, and now we have enough money to go forward with the product. The product has been returned to us. Um, we are now, again, in court against Bluebird Bio because they're infringing on our product. They ended up stealing off of it. They're really not even trying to defend it. The problem is that their stock, which was $230 in 2018, their CEO, Nick Leshley, in 2014, was voted CEO of the year 
none of this is made up. In 2020, he was voted worst CEO, by the way. And today that stock is $3. And uh, they're waiting to try to see if they can get approved by the FDA. Um, and it's- Actually, can, 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 I just, can I just comment on something? It's, it's remarkable that for you, the, the feeling was disappointment. What about betrayal? I mean, yeah, you know, some, but but know. but some people who are betrayed get angry, right? You, this is a powerful feeling to be disappointed. Okay, but you know, Doctor Joe, I have patience, right? Mm. So they're the first person I have to think. I mean, I've got fifteen hundred communications with patients all over the world, and um, anger, you know. I mean, I think that every now and then there is a place for anger. Um, and, you know, like everybody else, I'm, I'm human. But I, I try to look at the big picture, like, you know, like your kind of thinking, by the way. And uh, I said, okay, what's going to be the best thing for my patients? Is it going to be that I kind of go crazy and start swinging like a nutty man? Or is it going to be that I proceed, try to get my product back, and try to get back in the clinical trials? And... Um, you know, that's, that's what we did. And if I could recount a little funny little uh, episode. So um, Bluebird Bio had to have 30 attorneys. You know, I had my Jew attorney from New York, Ken Sussman. He's like my brother. Um, we love each other with all our hearts. And uh, he's an entertainment attorney, but he kind of got the case because nobody else would take it. So uh, we were accused for the second time of contempt of court for looking at these attorney's eyes only documents. The first time we were fined 88,000, by the way, and it wasn't even true, I didn't see anything. The second time we were really on the hot seat, et cetera. And uh, Judge Ellis, I ended up getting off the second time. The third time they tried again, but this time not in the, not in the federal court, but they tried in the Supreme Court of New York on, in front of just Judge Ostrager. So this guy, his name is Jeff. I don't, I won't give his last name because I feel sorry for him. And Jeff is going through the book and he's saying, your honor, Gerondi had to know that we stole this product because if he didn't, he wouldn't have done this. And your honor, Gerondi had to see that PowerPoint that said, if we get that truck, it'll make our stock worth 200 million more. And your honor, he went on and on and on. And they were trying to insult me as well. You know, he didn't graduate from high school. He's a nice guy and all of that. And actually, I was on WGN News Radio or no, WGN Television yesterday. And the guy said, hey, but Sloan Kettering said you're good intended, but you were over your head. You know, water was over your head. And I said, yeah, that's the only way I know how to swim, you know. But um, so finally, they tell him the whole story. And Kevin Murphy, one of my, my Ken Sussman's assistants, stood up and said, your honor, you know, they can't talk like that Mr. For Mr. about Mr. Durante. And the judge says, uh, uh, counselor, uh, sit down. Uh, they're laying your case out very nicely for you, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, That's it was right. just hilarious. And Jeff, he drops his book on the ground. All of the 30 attorneys behind him, you know, they're all giving him dirty looks. And it was just, it's a, it was a film. It literally was a film. And as much as the law system in the United States doesn't work, sometimes it does work. And um, it was just wonderful. And so we got our product back and we're going for it. And here's another story, true story. So we settle, we get our product back. We're going to pay all our bills. We're going to get back into. So my, my, my buddy, Joey calls me up. Joey Feldman, who kept us alive, by the way, all these years. He worked for me as a trader for years and years. 
He said, you know, we got to give the, we got to get these attorneys to take a haircut. I mean, we need enough money to do the research. You're going to have to call that Ken and you're going to have to make him, you know, he's got to take a, a haircut and this and that. So I said, Joey, you know, what am I going to do? I mean, you know, the deal is a deal. I mean, I, I can ask him, but I, you know, whatever. So, okay, whatever. I hang the phone up. I said, I got to say a problem. I said, hey, Ken, Pat. Yeah, Pat, what's going on? Hey, you know, Joey's a little aggravated. You know, he said, we need, you know, money for research. He wants you to take a haircut. I'm not taking a haircut. That was a deal, this and that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I kind of told him the same thing. But, you know, what, what's he talking about? I says, I don't know, Ken. You think, you know, a million dollars? You know, would that be too much? He says, I'm not doing it. Well, he said, I do it for you. I'll give it to you. I'll give you a million dollars, but I'm not giving it to the company. I'm not giving it to anybody. I said, Ken, you'll give me a million dollars? Yeah, I'll give you a million dollars. I said, thanks, that's all I need here. Goodbye, goodbye. Joey, yeah, I got it. He's a million dollars. He's taking a haircut, a million dollars. I mean, it was a 25-second conversation. And when they talk about that all attorneys are bad, I'm going to tell you, they're not all bad. No. And Ken Sussman, for me, you know, he's like my brother. Like I said, here he was, 25-second conversation. Okay, I'll give you a million. But, but this says a lot about you as well, Patrick, and, and the relationships that you build with people. The trust that you have with people, the respect and value. Am I missing something here? Well, I think that people know I don't really care that much about money. And I wouldn't, when I was a kid and I was robbing and stuff like that, I would never rob a poor person, you know? But mm -hmm. I mean, I think people are good people, all people, by the way, you know? They're, sometimes I just say they're bad people, there are good people who do bad things. And I think when they run into somebody like me, who like, you know, really wants to help people, maybe I'm not that bright, but I really am sincere about it. And they trust me. I, I, I think it moves mountains, you know, I agree with you. Not many people. No, I don't know many people would do that. Oh, okay. I'll give you a million, but you know. Yeah. Well, it's that respect, right? Respect leads to value and value leads to trust. And, you know, I think human beings are good. I Great. think in our, in our heart of hearts, we are good. We are. And, and then sometimes, you know, we respond in a way to the world that other people don't understand. And then they judge us. And then we feel disrespected. And then all sorts of things can happen. But, but this is a, a powerful story. So tell me about, about your, the, the program and, and the people so, that you're working with. So, okay. So, I always say, you know, I don't like to be called a CEO because I say CEO most of the time means crazed, egotistical opportunist. Uh, so I kind of just call myself a founder. I don't like to say that we're a corporation because I call more, most corporations corruptorations, by the way. And you can use either of those. Uh, Thank you very much. I might. I might very well. Yes. And uh, so um, we started the company. We went forward. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to meet Michelle Settle. He's a great guy at Memorial Sloan Kettering. And we treated three patients uh, between 2012 and 15. Those two out of three patients today have a reduction of 43% after nine years in the transfusions. We're going back into uh, our patients. Um, in the meantime, I write books. I perform music. I mean, um, I wrote the score for Focaccia Blues, which was a gold, uh, Golden Globe winning film in Italy, actually mm -hmm. in 2011. I have a video that won the video of the year in Italy in 2010, I think, Living Without You. And I like your music. Don't get me wrong. It's not bad for the show. But I think that Tom and Larry, maybe they should listen to some of my stuff. And maybe you could, uh, you know, there's one of my songs called It's Your Time. 
And one my Croatian friend that had the cancer that wasn't cancer, he loves one of the lines. And it is, and it says, don't worry, just tomorrow starts in the morning. Let's see whether we can get this for our listeners. It's your time. Great beat. inspiration for this song okay so this song i think came in my 2008 album actually um so we were almost uh we were preparing the final product i was certain my son would be cured and it was you know coming to the end of 16 years in the research world mm -hmm. and i really felt that it was it was my turn and my time to be able to help my son um, and you know, to go forward. And I was trying to use it to encourage all of the parents, many of who lost their children, you know? And you know, I said, how can I, what can I write to, you know, kind of be uplifting and, and, and you know, let people hold on, you know, we, we, we gotta hold on. And, uh, and it came out, it's your time, it can't be wrong. You better learn to sing that song. We've been hurt before. We all have, you see, stung by, stung by, stung before, but still want honey. So, um, and, you know, it was kind of dedicated. So at the end of the song, you'll see, and it said dedicated to all the parents of, you know, with children with orphan diseases. And then hmm. the plane goes over and puff, and then the, the clouds are hope. And it was, the uh, cartoon was done by Salvatore Cento Ducati and uh, 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 Porzia, uh, another Italian guy. Anyway, to make a long story short, that's where it came from because I knew, you know, the pain when they told me my son wouldn't make it to be 14 years old. And mm -hmm. um, I knew that so many other people, you know, were having these pains. And I just wanted to be their brother, their, their father, their son. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to say, come on, you know, just a little bit more. Let's get in there and it's your time. You know, we'll make it. You'll make it. It's wonderful. Um, so we're, we're, we'll post links to, to all the things, but you say you have several books. How do we find the books? How do we find your music? How do we find the company? Patcharandi.com has pretty much everything on it. Um, of course, you know, just Google Patrick Gerandi and you'll find all of it on YouTube or whatever. And, you know, that's it. I mean, um, yes, 
I've been so lucky and I'm lucky to run into people, you know, like you, Larry and Tom as well. And, you know, uh, it's, it's just been so lucky. Can I, can I tell a little story? Please. So I got a call one day and from a family outside of Chicago and they said, Mr. Girondi, I said, please call me Pat. Can you come to our home? Yes, where do you live? I drove. It was a husband and wife with three children, a boy and then two daughters that were twins. And they said, Mr. Girondi, we've seen you on the internet and the work you do with the orphan diseases. Our son was diagnosed with a neurological disease. And they said he's going to be gone by the time he's 14. And we saw that you basically, in the beginning, had the same sort of prognosis. Can you help us? I said, of course I can. I'll do whatever I can. Trying to find medical centers that work on the research, go through clinical trials, hook them up with researchers, etc. And we became very good friends. Well, after about a year, I got another call. Pat, can you come again and talk to us? Well, of course I can. One of our twins was also diagnosed with the disease. I said, okay, all right. And this family went on to be pillars in their community and raised large sums of money. Well, in 2016, I got a call. It was December, I was in Chicago on my way home. And uh, I knew that the son, the first child diagnosed had died in June of 2016. And the father called me and said, Pat, can you come to our house, please? Of course, I drove in. The wife handed me a, a gift. What is this? Open it, open it, open it. It was a, an original Versace jacket. Mm. Black, shiny, beautiful. He said, Pat, when you go home to Italy and you do your concerts, can you please sing for our son? Mm. I said, oh my God. Of course, of course I will. And it never snows in Southern Italy or rarely. It did snow. And I knew an artist named Megan Euchre. I told her the story. We didn't do the concerts. And she said, bring the jacket with you back to the United States. And she made a sculpture of me in the jacket, which I called the family up. And I said, look at, here's this little token of me, this ugly little Italian looking guy, you know, and here it is. And, uh, in about 2021, the family, well, then 2020, they called me and asked me to sing for the second daughter. In 2021, 60 Minutes did a big sector, you know, section on their family and the good work that they've done for other people with the same problem. And they called me up, Pat, did you see this CBS section or the, you know, the 60 minute thing or whatever? And I said, no, I didn't see it. Oh, you got to watch it. You watch it. Well, sure enough, when the wife was speaking, there was that ugly little Italian guy right there. Did you see your statue? Yeah, I did. But um, again, 
There's not one of us that doesn't pass hardship and strife in our life. But I learned so many much things, so many wonderful things from these parents who many have times have lost. And how do you, you, you can't even, I mean, you can't even, I, I, but again, so my point is that I agree with you. We're all good people. Sometimes we do bad things. And, um, you know, it's just a wonderful world, a wonderful life. And we should just, uh, it's your time. Yeah, it's your time. It is, you know, we, we know about resilience. So I think that's part of what you're talking about. And with every resilient child, there has been at least one adult who's seen them as valuable. And I think that's part of what we need more in the world. We really do need to remind each other of our value because then we can increase our own value. You know, the I am coming to the end has two truths because the four domains, the home, the social, the biological, and the IC interact, a small change can have a big effect. We're going to change everything. Pat, given what we're talking about tonight, what small change can you recommend to our listeners? I think that Whitney Houston performed the worst song ever written. That song was the greatest song, the greatest love of all is happening to you. Learn to you. Learn to love yourself. It's the greatest love of all. And Sykes might believe that the beginning of the end was Walt Disney World. I think the beginning of the end was that song. It's not about self-love and stop following all of these people. You know, it's the punch phrase. Oh, you got to love yourself and you got to love yourself. I don't know how many men and women that I've talked to say, oh, you got to love yourself. And if you, if you don't love yourself and you're not happy, your kids aren't going to be happy. And it's just another bullshit line for selfishness. So my point is, my point is, is that forget about all that. Love yourself, love others. You control no one, you influence everyone. You've got 30 seconds. You get to choose the kind of influence you want to be. Patrick, what kind of influence do you want to be? Um, I always tell my kids, when I die, all I want written on my tombstone is he was a nice guy. That's all I want. That's, that's it. I, 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 I think it's going to be there. No question. Thank you so much for being tonight, folks. Check out the website. We'll find all the links. Larry, thanks a lot. Red and sometimes blue.